Today, we welcome back the Bitcoin Layers correspondent in Africa, Nolene Sumba. And make sure you stay to the end for when Nolene offers her vision for how Bitcoin mining can structurally change the political systems inside the continent. Welcome back to the Bitcoin layer. I'm Nick Batia. Today, we welcome back Nolene Sumba. Nolene is the Bitcoin layer's correspondent in Africa. She is on the ground in Kenya, travels around the continent, and helps us understand what's going on with Bitcoin adoption. She's also at Machankura, a very exciting project in Africa, which we'll discuss. Nolene, great to see you. Welcome back. Thank you for having me back, Nick. It's always a pleasure to be in the Bitcoin layer. So, Nolene, uh, you're more than just a guest here. What you help us do is you are in Africa and you are a correspondent there. We rely on you to be on the ground and give us the information what's going on with adoption, regulation, mining. Um, but most importantly, how is the continent embracing Bitcoin as a potential path to more financial empowerment. I think that is the key. That is what part of what you're focused on. So let's start with adoption. What are you seeing? What are the most important stories right now in Africa? Okay, uh, thank you for mentioning that, Nick. Um, maybe I can say the past um, years, because I can refer to uh, last year, there was a study done by Chain Analysis that um, was saying that Sub-Saharan Africa currently accounts for 2.3% of global transaction volume um, in terms of uh, cryptocurrency and uh, with Africa we do understand that the major way of doing these transactions is a centralized exchange. Um, once again uh, finance is quite big in the continent, um, right now we also have new ones. Um, so centralized platforms form the larger share of transactional volume and the transactions are usually more or less less than uh, a million dollars and uh, Nigeria is leading in Africa in terms of transaction transaction volume, and uh, that's for obvious reasons. Uh, the Naira, um, as we discussed before, Nick, as you've been seeing, has been really depreciating in value over, over the year. And uh, following closely Nigeria, we have um, South Africa, um, of course, and then um, Kenya, Mauritius, Ghana, and then Tanzania is also coming up. Uh, that's quite interesting because um, last year we ever talked about Tanzania. It was uncertain in terms of... Um, the, uh, the adoption, but it seems as if uh, the transaction is really ticking up in the country. So um, when it comes to which cryptocurrency is dominant in Africa, we see that Bitcoin takes the lead. It's the most dominant cryptocurrency of all the others. Um, that is aside stable coins, which are still very much in use in the, in the, con in the continent. So in terms of adoption, I feel that um, Africa is really taking, taking charge. Um, we really do need the, uh, the use of, of Bitcoin in the, in the continent. So we've seen a huge adoption taking up, especially during the past year. The Bitcoin layer is proud to be sponsored by River. Go check them out today at river.com slash TBL for a special offer of up to $100 worth of Bitcoin for free when you sign up. Now, River is a Bitcoin-only exchange. We believe them to be the best in the business, and they do not use a third-party custodian. They have their own multi-signature solution, 
a one-to-one situation. That means that there's no leverage going on. Whatever Bitcoin they purchase is held in this multi-signature solution. Zero fees on recurring purchase orders as well. River.com slash TBL. So 2.3% of all Bitcoin <clears throat> transactions coming from South uh, Sub-Saharan Africa. And with Nigeria and South Africa leading the way. And I think just to bring it back to why this is important, once adoption of Bitcoin starts to happen in a country, it there's no evidence of it really going backwards. So, and that's what we're looking for here is that once Bitcoin breaks into the culture of a certain nation or a society, it only goes up from there in terms of adoption, the way the idea spreads and especially the value in countries with depreciating currencies, which as you mentioned, Nigeria. Now, please just remind people that not only is the Naira depreciation one of the reasons for Bitcoin and stablecoin adoption in Nigeria, but it's also part of the culture to embrace technology. So can you remind people about Nigeria and the importance of Bitcoin adoption in Nigeria and what that means for the rest of the continent. Okay, yes. Um, Nigeria is actually the uh, lead economy in Africa um, with a population of around 200 million. Um, Nigeria tends to have very tech-savvy um, people. So, and most of what Nigeria does, the rest of the continent tends to follow suit. Um, even though it has its um, unfortunate scenarios in terms of um, maybe the economy, how the country is run, um, but it really does shape most of the culture in the, in the continent. So um, that, this is very important, um, especially in terms of, um, I don't know, maybe you can uh, jump into, into regulation bits. So um, in February 2021, the Central Bank of Nigeria had banned um, the, had banned uh, banks trading in cryptocurrency and this had an effect of you know banks not in, in, in participating in, in, in transactions so p2p really took took over in, in nigeria and we find that nigerians really engaged in p2p quite a lot in fact they were among the leading country in that so this has uh, an effect for the rest of the continent because they are trading with uh, the rest of the continent. So it's, it's very instrumental um, in shaping the, it's very instrumental in shaping how the, the, the countries, um, other countries decide to take up Bitcoin adoption. Nick. And so when we're talking about regulation and where Bitcoin is being adopted, where it's being fought, because you mentioned bans, right? So there's the there's the uh, big scary ban, and then there's the adoption wave. Sometimes they're happening in the same country, and sometimes it's not. So give us perspective. Where is Bitcoin actually being embraced at the margin from a regulatory side? So we talk about the the adoption in Nigeria, that's probably independent of the anti-Bitcoin regulations. Where, yes. where is pro-Bitcoin regulation starting to pop up? Because we see it certainly in South America and, and Central America beginning to gain momentum. So is that momentum clear anywhere on the African continent? 
Okay, yes, absolutely. Um, in, in Namibia, there is a virtual asset service provider uh, uh, that's capable of uh, already being embraced there. Um, in South Africa, it's very much um, acceptable to use. In Kenya, recently, we have the parliament prepare, preparing the draft of the first uh, value, uh, virtual asset pro service providers bill. So this was after the the blockchain association in Kenya had opposed a proposed digital asset tax that had been in the finance act 2023 so we are definitely seeing Kenya is definitely one example of a country that's recently taking up um taking up the request to regulate the sector, uh, if I can put it that way. Um, other countries, unfortunately, like Ghana, there's still not much that has been mentioned in terms of the, the regulation. They still have a stance that it's not supposed to be in use. Uganda, not much has been communicated um, in terms of it. But um, I can definitely attest that these countries are still using. Um, this is from my Groundwork, as I've seen, these countries are still using cryptocurrency very much, and even Bitcoin, even though there's still a gray area in terms of how their governments perceive it and how their governments expect the countries to be able to operate in these sectors. Yeah. Okay, so Nolene, we're mentioning here a couple countries that are really progressing towards more pro-Bitcoin or at least less anti-Bitcoin regulation because even that is important. So Uganda, South Africa, Kenya, let's talk about Kenya for a second. The tax that was fought and the the fight was won, right, in, in that we won't have this surplus tax on Bitcoin transactions. So just bring that home for us and explain the importance even though this is not a full-on legalization of Bitcoin as legal tender, like maybe happening in some Latin American countries going forward, as well as what we saw in El Salvador, but just the idea that we don't have the tax, it's in the psyche of the people and the legislation and the legislators that an anti-Bitcoin stance is not the way forward. So can you speak to that? Absolutely. Um, our central bank governor, our previous central bank governor especially, was very much against uh, Bitcoin. Um, he was so much against it, he said that uh, he does not recognize its use in the country. But the Kenya shilling, once again, uh, it's depreciating. Nothing has changed. <laughs> it's uh, still getting worse. And I keep on talking about the velocity of the Kenyan shilling, I think is faster. Um, because of our use of mobile money. Um, so I feel that it's even going a bit faster than, than usual. So the stance on the central bank was that it's still not recognized as legal tender. But once again, we are the citizens of the country and we look for a way out. Uh, things are, very, are getting very expensive, Nick. And um, everybody wants to look for a way out to protect their investments, protect uh, their, their wealth. and. People do understand, people are getting to understand Bitcoin and um, how it can be able to serve as that safe haven. So right now, what what what's in the works is just trying to figure out a way in which they can be able to, what was proposed was rather excess duty um, and capital gains tax. So excess duty, that will be in reference to the exchanges. So um, 
I, I don't know how that was supposed to be implemented yet. And uh, in terms of capital gain stocks, still don't know how that was to be implemented. I don't know whether I can be able to share the losses too, as much as the gains. So we still yet to know. Uh, so there's another draft in the works. I'm still waiting to see how that will go. Maybe I can give you, to give you an update once that's done and we can be able to know the way forward. But I'm at least happy they are willing to talk about it because as you've mentioned, um, there's no going back as per now. We do need, we do need Bitcoin. And that's what people, I want our audience to understand. A lot of our audience is Western. We understand that. And in the Western world, the people that are reading our research letter and are watching these videos are mostly thinking of Bitcoin as part of their portfolio. They're not thinking of it as a lifeline. And there's a large difference in what Bitcoin serves to different people around the world. And in Africa, in your home country of Kenya, in one of your neighboring countries of Nigeria, the destruction of the value of the currency on a daily, weekly, monthly basis is so intense that Bitcoin actually is can save lives, can save people from a wage that is staying still in nominal terms, but disappearing in real terms. So talk more about just the basics of what a depreciating currency in real time, a truly depreciating currency, not the dollar that depreciates over many decades against real goods, but much more rapidly. What is that like for people? What are the conversations that you have with Bitcoin users in Africa that are using Bitcoin as a safety mechanism, as you mentioned? Okay, um, so in terms of that, it's, uh, it's very interesting you mentioned that I'm going to tie that up. Can I maybe tie that up with the use of lightning? Because it's um, it's what I've been, I've been experiencing. So um you, you've mentioned machankura maybe for the new users uh, machankura is a custodial lightning wallet that enables sending and receiving of bitcoin uh, without internet connection and uh maybe i want to also touch on that with the the current lightning adoption status in the country so as per now we have around 58 nodes as per last week because you usually get like uh, from africa free routing uh, statistics. The capacity, it's not as high. Right now, it's, uh, we're at 11 Bitcoin and around 371 channels. And um, so you, you were talking about the depreciation of uh, our currencies and in relation to, to Bitcoin. So one thing I have noticed myself, because I deal with uh, mostly uh, late teens to mid-20s, uh, to late-20s population. And uh, initially, there was the talk about volatility and uh, how it's very uh, difficult to stomach the volatility. But I've experienced quite a huge cultural attitude towards money and the financial systems so because of the major factor that our currencies are depreciating less <laughs> faster. Uh, rather, our currencies are depreciating much more faster as compared to the volatility of Bitcoin. So we're getting to a point where if you integrate Bitcoin into your daily life, you find such that the, you can be able to, re, it's resilient. You can be able to 
stomach the downturns. So it's it, in such a way that it, you'd rather stomach the downturn and the volatility as compared to just sticking to your currency. So it's it's really that sad, Nick, that you have when people are complaining about volatility, uh, for you, your currency is much worthless rather that you'd rather have the Bitcoin and stomach the volatility as compared to use your local currency. And um, so that's that's the thing that we've been seeing. Um, maybe what I can say in terms of adoption, the major hindrance certainly that I can I can see is if we can be able to find payment systems that can be integrated with merchants, that would be that would be great because merchants if merchants find a way to integrate lightning into their day-to-day um, operations, then we can be able to see lightning really change the transaction, especially I can speak for Kenya because I'm here every single day as compared to other countries, but I feel that it will be the same implementation in other African countries. So I guess more teaching just needs to be done, but as compared to um, in terms of currency, you'd rather have Bitcoin than your own rather local currency, for sure. Absolutely. And we will... Uh... We will look for projects that are more merchant focused in Africa and yeah. maybe, you know, Machankura is working on things that are less P2P focused and now more uh, business to consumer focused or consumer to business focused as adoption continues. So it can only happen one step at a time. Merchants can only begin to be comfortable accepting it once they understand that their customers have it and are willing to spend it and why it might have value. So it can't all happen at once, right? It has to, it has to go in steps. Nolene, let's shift our focus to mining because <clears throat> it is one of our main topics of focus here at the Bitcoin layer is especially because mining itself is the energy arbitrage of Bitcoin that it brings to the, the world, right? It is turning energy into money wherever you can find the energy and harness it. And that type of dynamic has never existed before Bitcoin, making, making the earth essentially a blank slate for Bitcoin mining to change how we interact with energy. So what are you seeing in Africa and Bitcoin mining that resonates with you? Um, I keep on hearing about uh, climate <laughs> climate change. And um, what I can say is there's one way of harnessing clean energy um, for Bitcoin operations, then Africa is definitely the paradigm shift that is needed. And I have been able to see this. I was able to visit um, maybe one of the notable companies I've mentioned before is Gridless. I was able to visit their site and I saw how they are now not just venturing into hydro, but um, they've now ventured into the geothermal, solar, and uh, they're now getting into biomass. So I, I think Africa definitely has become a focal point for implementation of sustainable energy solutions. And especially we talk about Bitcoin mining. Um, 
one thing that um, I've, I've seen, it's, uh, I was watching actually just today on um, a documentary on how it's changed lives um, in, in Kenya where people could not be able to get electricity and now they can be able to get electricity. Uh, same case in uh, there's a village in Malawi that this is also happening and uh, it's it's incredible to just be in the midst of all of these happenings and seeing how much Bitcoin mining can be able to just not earn the miners revenue but change lives and it's doing this in a very uh, clean energy clean energy way. So um, another thing that it's really actually being encouraged. I was um, at the Africa Bitcoin Mining Summit. Um, it happened in Nairobi recently, and we have we saw a lot of investors really willing to invest in Bitcoin mining in the continent. And with this, there's um, a Green Africa Mining Alliance that's even willing to to bootstrap miners who are, want to start mining in the in the continent. So, to anyone who's interested in mining uh using affordable and clean energy i think africa is the, is the place to, to go to come rather and uh, it's it's changing it's changing lives and it's incredible to, to watch um ethiopia also is taking up bitcoin mining um i think uh, i don't know maybe if users don't know ethiopia has the second um Second highest hydro uh, power after DRC Congo that should be the highest in the continent. So it's a very, it has very, it has lots of energy that can be harnessed for this. So um, when, when I people hear people talking about climate and, and Bitcoin, I, I really don't see why you should be having these discussions when there's already solutions and Bitcoin miners can be able to move to anywhere in, in the world. Absolutely. And what we're talking about here is that Bitcoin mining is bringing electricity to villages that have never had electricity before. It's also removing dangerous methane from the environment that it comes from open pit landfills that uh, can be near villages or at villages that people work at. And so when we harness uh, when we harness hydropower, turn it into electricity, that hydropower was stranded energy. It means that it wasn't being used before, and now it's being used to power Bitcoin miners and provide electricity to new villages. And then when we think about Bitcoin and its effect on the environment, we have to think about all these positive externalities and I think about what you mentioned with Ethiopia, with having a, abundant hydropower. How this is more philosophical, Nolene, and this can this can be how we conclude our conversation today. When we think about Bitcoin mining being able to go anywhere in the world and harness energy, then you have dozens of nations in Africa with political systems that aren't necessarily conducive to private property exploration of natural resources to convert to profits for Bit, uh, by Bitcoin miners. Okay, the two things don't necessarily uh, coexist today. 
but Bitcoin is changing the world. So what, what is your vision for how Bitcoin mining specifically around the continent can change governments or can evolve the way that the people of Africa interact with their jurisdictions? Um, you know, as someone that isn't familiar with the African political systems, and of course you have, I believe it's 55 nations on the continent. Yes. And yeah. so uh, you have 55 different political systems. Tell us what your vision is. We want to know your vision of the future. How does Bitcoin change the world in Africa? Okay. Um, specifically, so sorry, specifically with regard to Bitcoin mining, because we understand the protection against currency devaluation. We've discussed that today, but with regard to Bitcoin mining. Okay. So uh, with regard to Bitcoin mining, first of all, what I see, um, I will talk about power um, for Kenya. It's a monopoly. Um, and as much as we want the government to provide efficiency, when there's a monopoly, that is not really the best case scenario. Um, for Kenya, we might have cons rather consistent powers as compared to other African countries, but it is, it is getting quite expensive. Um, if you talk about South Africa, Nigeria, um, we know what what's happening there in terms of um, in terms of power not having power consistently during the day six hours um, out of power it doesn't make sense so what I see is um, if investors can be able to work closely with governments um, it, this is a huge opportunity for people to just come in and take up power creation by themselves and it's going to be a huge game changer especially for areas where the governments cannot reach and um, I, I feel that this is going to bring open up Africa for, to, for investment and it's going to be a win-win situation. I hope that political powers can be able to cooperate with investors and come into an amicable solution so that works for, for, for the people. So that's the vision I, I see. Um, I advocate a lot of cooperation. I believe Bitcoin is going to open up Africa to uh, not just cooperation, but cooperation that is a win-win situation for uh, the people, the investors, and the government. And um, that's uh, what I really envision for, for Africa. So, yes, that's uh, my take on it, Nick. Nalene Sumba, mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us once again, our correspondent on the continent in Africa, helping us at the Bitcoin layer understand Bitcoin adoption, what's going on, maybe not in every single one of the 55 nations, but as many of them as we can cover each time. Nalene, please tell people where they can find you online and what you are up to at Machankura. Okay, uh, yes, you can find me um, at Nalene Sumba on all platforms. Um, I am currently just doing um, user registration and other marketing in Machankura. Um, it's been a very wonderful year watching adoption take place. Um, um, it's amazing to see, especially the change in money behavior. Um, and I believe that uh, this can be able to be implemented anywhere in the world. And we're going to really see a huge shift, um, especially towards money um, in the continent if this keeps up. And how many so, how many countries do you have customers in right now? Um, as per now, the USSD is available in uh, seven countries, but using the WhatsApp API, we, we are accessing even more countries 
right now. So Excellent. when the world platforms, even more countries, um, yeah, not just even in Africa, but it's been it's been a wonderful year so far. Excellent. So seven plus, but we'll we'll look forward to hearing officially how many countries uh, you guys can can share with us that uh, customers that you're serving. Uh, Nalun Simba, thank, thank you so much for joining us once again at the Bitcoin Layer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you. The Bitcoin Layer is proud to be sponsored by River. Go check them out at river.com slash TBL for up to $100 worth of Bitcoin for free when you go sign up. River is a Bitcoin only exchange. That means there is no confusion when you go there. Send your money to the exchange, buy Bitcoin and withdraw it via Lightning Network like that. River.com slash TBL for a special offer.